when Nancy and I were in California, and she was eight months pregnant, seven, eight months pregnant, we decided to move. We went from California to Shreveport, Louisiana. Not on donkey, but still not that fun. It was not something you'd probably sit and plan to do, trying to move up and pack up an entire household and set up in a new house, actually a very old house that we were setting up with two small children, who at that time were about, what, eight and six or something like that, and then one about to be born. Not exactly, I'm not trying to compare this to uh, to Mary and Joseph, but... Uh, it's not something I would necessarily think would be the best idea. So as we do this, I'm going to, you can see this here, I'm going to, for that circumstance, I'm going to do this. Now, when you've got uh, an emperor who wants money for building projects and other things, and he has to tax people, he decides, you know, I don't really have computers. I don't really have a way to tell how many people I've got and how much they need to pay me. So I'm just going to have the whole world of this part of the world move around and go back to their hometowns, and everybody can just uproot their lives, including a very pregnant woman and her betrothed, not married, but very uh, circumstances that we wouldn't necessarily think were great. An unplanned pregnancy in God's economy. And so you add that circumstance to it and you think, okay, God, what are you doing here? You've got the people of God completely under the thumb of an oppressive ruler. And they're trying to figure out how they maintain their identity and their religion at a time when it was quite difficult to do. And this young girl and this man are trying to figure out how to manage what would be in their culture considered kind of shameful, being pregnant without being married. And the circumstances itself, you would just think, this isn't the way I would have written this. Why am I filling up a glass of weak iced tea with this? Because I, I want to read you a scripture, and it's not from the gospel, but it's from the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Galatia, and he says this, When the fullness of time had come, God sent His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who are under the law. The word that it says, when the fullness of time had come, the way we would say it is, when just the right time had come. The word for fullness, though, is the word for f- to be fill up like a glass when there's nothing left. So, plero, that word, when the fullness of time had come, when everything was made ready, That's plera. That's the fullness of time. Nothing else needs to happen. Let me tell you, 
why that's so important. Because here these two people are wandering a road trying to get back to their hometown because this powerful emperor has said, everybody needs to go to their hometown so I can have a census to figure out how to charge you taxes. And what they didn't know was that hundreds of years before, a prophet, a man who heard God's voice named Micah, said, it's in Bethlehem, a little backwater, nowhere town in Judea where Messiah, the Savior, is going to be born. How did God possibly know that all this was going to be orchestrated to be the place? Because God's never late, never early. He knows what He's doing. So he knew the place. He knew the time that it was going to be. He knew the manner in which he was going to be born. That it wasn't going to be in a great house. There wasn't going to be any room at the inn. In a humble circumstance, he knew what was happening. At just the right time. The timing, the place, the manner. Why does it matter? We all were living in a time right now where it can seem like chaos is reigning. And I don't know what your chaos personally looks like, but it's pretty evident in our world that there's a lot of things that we can't look at and very well explain. But you and I can't see the hand of God Working, And what this night tells us is that God has not left you as chaotic as it seems. I'm sure to Mary and Joseph, the night we are celebrating right now, what we're remembering they saw is complete chaos at the whim of a government telling them where to go and what to do. Not that we can relate to that, but they could. They couldn't foresee how the God in heaven was working through them to bring about and execute the salvation of the world. They just couldn't have imagined it. But they chose to obey God. Mary said, Lord, be it unto me according to your will. I don't understand this. I don't get this. Everyone here, you have the opportunity. I don't care if you're one or two years old or if you're as though I'm probably the oldest person in the room. I don't know, maybe not. But we each of us have the opportunity to say, God, would you be it done to me according to your will? Could I be a vessel through whom your life could be born? Something good can happen, even if it seems chaotic, even if I don't like all the circumstances. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing in your place where you are, in your school or in your home or in your community, be that? If we can do that, if we can love God back, He has come for us. I want to close with this. We're about to close the service. I'm going to close this. When I was 13 years old, my parents gave me a gift. This isn't the exact gift, but this is what it was. I was a 13-year-old boy. And this was in my stocking stuffer. Now you may not know what this is, 
all boys in this room will learn around 13 what this is. Because not all 13-year-old boys, nobody in here, but there are boys somewhere in the world who don't always smell so great. I didn't really get the hint. When my parents were like, what? I don't want, I wanted like a bike or whatever I wanted when I was 13. I didn't want Old Spice. This is Kraken Guard. There's a Kraken on this thing. Why is there a Kraken on Old Spice? That's, that's disgusting. But, um, I didn't even see that before. But anyway, it's, um, what this gift tells, told me is that my parents saw a need. And they gave this to me because of the need. Now, you know what? We sometimes think that Jesus is this cuddly little baby came to us as a gift, and he did, but what we don't recognize is the need. See, if Jesus is just this, well, he just is going to teach us how to love each other. He's just going to be a good example. He's just like the great, great person. They never would have crucified him. You don't, you don't crucify Winnie the Pooh. If he's just a cute, cuddly, something got them. Because the gift came, but what a, if you receive this gift, what you're saying is, I stink. But not in this kind. What you're saying is, I can't be the kind of person I want to be without a Savior. If you don't need saving, then Christmas is maybe cute and cuddly, but it's only tradition. The receiving of Jesus Christ into your life is an admission that you can't do it. And the gifts that we need are not always the gifts we want. But the gifts we need change our lives. And it's up to us to recognize them and receive them. And so don't miss the offense of Christmas. It's why Jesus had to die, because we couldn't die for ourselves. And because he did, you never have to die. You can live forever, and you can live a life now that is so different, an abundant life. And it's the promise of Christmas is here because of that. Because Jesus came, it changes everything. As we pray and as we close, what I'm going to do is I'm going to just pray for us. And if, If this is a time when, for many of us here, we are believing, we're walking with God, we realize our need. I'm thankful for that. But if you need to say, Lord, I need you. I know I'm not perfect. I know I can't ever get to you. Thank you for coming to me. I recognize my need. Then as we sing Silent Night, I want you to take that candle and we're going to, I think they've got it orchestrated, right? How we're going to get our candles lit. Do you know how we're going to do that, Nancy, in a minute? But as we do that, let's think about this gift that Jesus is to us. Not just cute and sweet, but a gift for our need. Lord, thank you for coming into this world, being the light of the world, and then lighting us through faith to serve and know you. Lord, help us as we celebrate tonight and tomorrow as families and with friends to be the light of the world because you are the light of the world. We love you very much. Happy birthday. Amen. Merry Christmas, everybody.